This episode of MBSing is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. They asked me not to read an ad, so I'm just going to thank them for their constant friendship and support. Enjoy the show. I do my head toss, check my nails. Baby, how you feeling? Head toss, check my nails. Baby, how you feeling? Hello, welcome to MBSing. I'm your host, Mary Beth Smith. My guests today are numerous because for the month of June I will be releasing some recordings I did on the third anniversary of the day that I released the first episode of MBSing. It's a decision that I made because I thought it would be fun. I had a number of people talk to me about doing follow-ups and while I don't necessarily think any uh, one follow-up in particular is uh wholly satisfying in a way that I'm sure people would like uh, as a guest. They were a lot of fun. It was these really small uh, 10-minute or less insights into um, something that was on that person's mind, maybe where their episode of the show was concerned, but maybe not. A lot of them were just me and that person touching base and catching up, and that was really nice. And some of them were uh, further thoughts on... um, something that that person discussed in their episode and some of them were just something that's been on their mind they, they kind of all over the place and I, I really loved that about it um I did a vast majority of these all back to back to back over the course of like six hours one night um and there are few that I'll release at the end of the month that aren't like that uh but it really lends to a sense of immediacy <laughs> Uh, but I think they'll be fun uh, to listen in on and uh, get a little insight into what that uh, night was like. I did not build in bathroom breaks, which I recognize now was a mistake. I didn't think my whole schedule would get full, um, so I, I did that to myself. But I did take one, cut into a couple minutes in one that'll be released in a couple weeks. Uh, but until then... Um, enjoy this week's episodes. Uh, in order, we have Mike Gifford, who mostly spoke to me about the loss of Uptown Institution Shake, Rattle, and Read, and what he thinks that how he thinks that reflects on people's current ability to inform themselves. Uh, Stephanie Corkery, who talks to me about uh, over right after Christmas, we uh, went on a, an excursion to get colonics together in the spirit of her episode about poop. Andy Heron, whose episode was about lying, uh, gave some reflections on um, how he, he doesn't want lying to be mean, being mean to people, um, and just talk about a common decency um mike migdal gives me a chillin update uh he gave me the offer to take a break but what his was so early that i didn't need one yet but it was very nice of him um and he gave a sweet little shout out to his roommates gannon and casey who are his favorite chill buds when evans uh, whose episode was about um, well-being, talked to me a little more about human connectedness and being well, and uh, we had an interesting um, experience towards the end of it that was, uh, and we got to kind of reflect on a little. That was interesting. Adam gave me 
some thoughts on Adam Levin, that is, whose topic was failure, gave me some thoughts on the idea of how important an unbroken, um, unfettered conversation was. Um, I really appreciate that and have been thinking about that a lot, especially where the podcast was concerned and all of these recordings were concerned. John Pernasek gave me some thoughts on The Wiz on NBC and an upcoming project called Emerald City that we talked about during his episode of Wizard about Wizard of Oz. We also touched on uh, how bad Jurassic World was and uh, some other upcoming shows that look like they were failed movie pitches that now have somehow become TV shows. Um and uh how we we feel all that works it was a fun little conversation and uh closing out the calls for this episode steve nelson who told me about his endeavors applying for poetry mfa programs and kind of how he feels coming out of that on the other side i'll put links to all these people's episodes in the show notes if you haven't listened to any of them i encourage you to at the top of this, I will play an email. Uh, an email. Uh, you can't play an email. I'll play a voicemail from Sarah Shockey, whose topic was Princess Tutu, and she talks to me about how she feels that kind of echoes through her life now. And at the bottom of the show, I will play a voicemail from my f- dear friend Jimmy Pennington, who talked about. Um, the great American novel, but now is thinking he should have talked about Harry Potter. Uh, he reads a passage from Harry Potter, and uh, it's great. I really enjoyed it. And then we got to subsequently have a little chat offline about Harry Potter and how great it is and how the fourth book is the best. Um, thank you for listening. Please check out the other shows in the Chicago Podcast Co-op. Um, I'd like to plug a couple of podcasts outside of the co-op, and that's um, Sarah Shockey's, who you'll hear in a couple minutes. Marty and Sarah love wrestling. It's her and Marty DeRosa, who's the host of uh, Wrestling with Depression, just talking about how much they enjoy wrestling, which she mentions during her voicemail. And John Pernasek that he does with another past guest of the show, Brandon Shockney. Uh, it's called How Road. It's a Full House rewatch podcast. Those guys are really fun. I love um, jamming out with John about pop culture um, topics, and uh, I always find myself uh, defaulting to that when I chat with him because he's got good opinions and interesting ones, and uh, they definitely come out on his own show. So check that out too. I think that's all I've got this week. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoy these uh, next few episodes. Definitely a change of pace, but it was really fun for me to do and uh, get into it. Oh, also, before I forget, yes, I did change the intro music because I can. It's a song I can't stop listening to. makes me feel good. Um, I think it suits the tone of the show. At the end of this episode, I'll play it in its entirety just so you can enjoy it. But if you don't want to enjoy it, just turn it off early. Thanks. Hello, this call is for Mary Beth Smith of MBSing. It's Sarah Shockey. Um, I'm not going to be able to call in the night of the show because I have tickets to Beauty and the Beast on Broadway And I feel like in a weird way, it ties into my episode. So I'm just going to give you some follow-up thoughts. Uh, Of course, everybody remembers that I came on and talked about Princess Tutu. 
the anime series that I have had the heck of a time getting more than two people to ever watch, even though I constantly recommend it. There's a lot of stigma around anime cartoons, but I think the people who push past that and get super into it, kind of the way that people get into wrestling, which I'm also interested in, it's very rewarding. But you have to put the time in to be like, this is ridiculous, and there are things about this that I don't agree with and that I don't like. However, there's way more things about this that I do agree with and that I do like. Um, I think the thing that Princess Tutu has done and continues to do is to help me recognize this story structure that I'm fascinated with. And it's kind of this intrinsic, like, people know this story in their souls and like to hear it over and over again. And I realize this is like, you know, that Joseph Campbell, like, myth, the hero's journey, like, all that kind of thing. But as I've gotten more into writing, even after seeing Princess Tutu when I was doing basically no writing at all, I could feel that this is like the type of story where it starts out, it's lighthearted, it's a lot of fun. Harry Potter did this also, Star Wars did this also. As you go along, things get so serious and you get so hooked into these characters and it didn't really bring it home for me that Princess Tutu was like my template for that kind of story until I watched Over the Garden Wall, which I highly, highly recommend. It's Patrick McHale's miniseries on Cartoon Network. It's amazing. Um, and it's like that. It starts out really lighthearted, and then by the end you're so invested in these characters that you feel like you've lived a life along with them. And I feel that way about Princess Tutu and Jane Austen books, Over the Garden Wall, so many things. Disney movies. Everything hits this, like, core of why you would care about a fictional world and why you would care about storytelling. So... Since my episode, I've realized that Princess Tutu is even more important to me than ever. You can take some choice quotes from this. You didn't even have to do anything with it. I just wanted to tell you that congratulations on three years. I'm sorry I won't be there, but I will be there in your heart and your soul and in your mind's eye. You know? Okay. Much love. Sarah Shockey, out. Hello. Hello, my Gifford. Am I being recorded? You are being recorded. Oh, my God. <laughs> a good thing to ask, especially for you. You never know. You don't ever know. Hold on. I'm trying to walk somewhere where I can talk normally. I figured. I'm at work. Can you believe it? <laughs> I mean, I'm the human resources person in my company, and I have to pretend. <laughs> so now what, now what on earth are you trying to accomplish here? Why? Um, what is this retrospective? Normally people do this when they're dying or dead. I don't think that um, I'm either dying or dead. I think yeah. that uh, I realized that, um, first of all, I've done something for each year before this. I've done like a live show. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, and I just had one guest each time and invited past guests to like contribute something or um, something like that if they so chose. So each one of those had maybe like five or six people involved outside of the person I was actually interviewing. Right. Um, and this time around, I was like, well, I could do another live show or I could do something kind of uh, different and... Just well, you have succeeded. 
succeeded. We're all doing it. So let's so said, let's get to it. So what on earth do you want to know? Did you bother me at the end of work when I was trying to leave? God. Hey, I didn't make you sign up at 5 p.m., Mike Gifford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on. <laughs> what do you Whatever. do? You feel like you have any insights uh, that you've gained since we talked about your topic? Like, is there anything that you, you... mean as far as uh, uh, feeling uh, uh, desperately alone? Absolutely <laughs> not. I feel just as awful as I've ever felt. In fact, I think in some ways I feel even worse. But uh, I'm absolutely miserable. But, Why do you um, think it's even worse? Do you think it's... <laughs> what? Why do you think it's even worse? Why do I think it's even worse? Yeah, yeah. What, uh, what makes you feel like it's even worse than it was before? I don't know. You know, I'll tell you, because the topic that we spoke about was, what, companionship? Is that right? That is how I titled it, yeah. Right? Is that right? Yeah. Um, hmm, I think it's because, well, I don't, I don't know if it's gotten worse. It's, it's partially because I think, at least at this point in my life, not that it is of interest to particularly anybody probably, but, <laughs> uh, uh, but, but for me, it's, it's simply, I have been cycling through, let's put it this way, I think many people, um, and I know this because I have friends uh, uh, from my previous life prior to me moving to Chicago who I talk about and they think oh my god you live in a massive city right uh, cosmopolitan you get to do really cool things you perform virtually every night of the week you have a stable day job where you can take care of your bills you get to do what you want you sure you perform all the time you teach you do all this stuff this is really fantastic as opposed to my suburban life whenever really my dream at this point is for uh, whenever I get home and I'm so tired, I, I put on my uh, pajamas inside out and backwards. My dream is to have someone <laughs> tell me, you look like an idiot, you put on your pajamas inside out and backwards, please. Right. Bye. Sure. That's all I want. Sure. And I but think that's a fair... never going to happen. I'll die. <laughs> I'm more likely of, um, of being hit by an asteroid. And I'll be more... Uh, I, I, no, I can't even think of it. So, yeah, that's <laughs> I, I defy, I just don't think that's true, but I, I, I don't know your life, so. Look, I want to talk about something more interesting. So, <laughs> I went to Steak, Rattle, and Read yesterday. It's right. a uh, bookshop yeah. in Uptown, open for 50, 50 years. 50 years, Steak, Rattle, and Read bookshop and record store owned by Rick Addy. He owned it for 30 years, and he's the one that wow. uh, uh, renamed it and incorporated it uh, into a record shop. His sister owned it prior to him for the first, I believe, 20 years of the existence, and then he's literally owned it for And it was 30. only books? And he talked about even numbers. Well, he, he turned it into record element, and it was really hopping, I think, for a long time. And Yeah, I, I used to go a lot before and after yeah. uh, annoyance-type um, activities. Oh, yeah, because it was right by the old Annoyance Theater mm -hmm. space in Chicago and Uptown, mm -hmm. and uh, and it's been next to the Uptown Theater. Uh, uh, the vast majority of existence, uh, certainly the, the, the last 30 years that Rich has owned it. In any case, um, pretty spectacular, and I think the reason it's so interesting, um, at least to me, and it's, it's tragic, is because those were the sorts of places, those bookshops and record stores, I mean, that... That's where like-minded people who had ideas, who thought, sure, their brain, yeah, and you know, and not just a flash in the pan of the United States, but but over. 
centuries, right. these sorts of places are where people congregate, and that's where political movements, both good and bad, happen. Social <laughs> movements, with things within the arts, you know, sure. I mean, all sorts of things sure. stemmed out of those types of places. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a shame because society today across the world is so stupid. People are so dumb. I mean, they're ignorance absolutely... is bliss, my friend. Ignorance is bliss. What's that? I said ignorance is bliss. Well, uh, I, if you don't, I don't know. I think a lot of it's how we receive information. I do too. I think, and I think it's not just because of the internet, but I think headphones are destroying the world. Really? I do. Oh, absolutely. Well, because people walk around, like in this quasi-1984, I don't, I mean, music is dumbing the mind. It's not expanding it, because all people are doing is walking around <laughs> dumb to anything going on around them like a bunch of frickin' zombies. They look like idiots. They look like idiots, too. They look like zombies. I, you know, I would say... Like a schmuck. I never do it, because I want to be aware of what's going on around me. Sure. People ask me, how do I write so much new material or do all this stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and... And uh, you know, I write essays and that sort of thing, and then perform mm-hmm. them and write a ton of new material. Yeah, it's because I'm paying attention. It's all about paying attention to the world around you. And I most think... people don't, and that's why they're so catastrophically boring. I you know, relate. I relate to that so much. I really do right. because I do think that I catch myself trying to intake too much that isn't the world around me, I guess. Like, if I listen to a lot of podcasts as I record one, like an asshole. Um, The only thing interesting that you're listening to is Lemonade. Ah, whoa. Whoa. If you you have strong opinions about that, you need to get a life. Gonna have have the beehive on you. There's nothing wrong with liking it. Right. But if you have strong opinions, and that's dictating as far as the major topic of conversation in your mind, you need to get a life. Right. I think so. They're not just fair, it's true and accurate and it's absurd because it's a publicity campaign put on by two very rich people sure i uh i have i have not watched it uh but one thing that does strike me is how much that's good yeah i i want to uh one thing that strikes me about it is is how much people seem to have uh like you said kind of become obsessed with like dissecting it in terms of how what it means for their relationship, and to I don't m- want to think about it even more because it's so dumb. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. <laughs> Giving it any more conversational thought is the only other thing I was going to uh, say yeah. is that that frustrates me to think that creative works can only exist as uh, reflections of things that actually happen to people. That's all I was going to say. Well, things are multitasked together, sure. so they're packaged in in clumps. The big song of the summer will also be the big song in a big blockbuster movie, sure. which will then also be branded with some sort of food, which yeah. will be branded with some sort of clothing. Like, it's all these things are multi-layered, and that's simply the hyper-capitalist world that we live I in. I was going to say, and everything is money-driven, which is exactly... Yeah. But that's the shame, though, about places like Shake, Rattle, and Reef. And I give Rick Addy a huge credit for staying open as long as he did and holding on, and, and I wish him all the best with his uh, 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 new endeavors in Florida, 65, and enjoy yourself and have a great rest of the time in the sun in the lovely beach community down there, and I, and I hope he enjoys the heck out of it. However, it's just a shame. He told me a statistic that they actually covered uh, his uh, shutting down Shake, Rattle, and Reed uh, uh, in The Guardian. Um, in England, wow. and they were saying that um, in, in the last 25 years, over 90% 
of independent record stores to shut down. Whoa. And, oh, yeah. And, and that's really... That's kind of crazy yeah. because I feel like there's been so much of a resurgence of vinyl. Are people just buying it online? I think so. And uh, yes, absolutely. I mean, that's the majority of it. There are very few brick and mortar. And even him talking to Rick, you know, I mean, a, a major component of his business while he was there the last uh, a decade or so has been from online sales. Wow. And I know the same can be said. Wow. Um, uh, the... Um, uh, what is it, the Bookworm in uh, Wrigleyville? Sure. Mm-hmm. So, that's so, no, Bookworks, excuse me. Bookworks in Wrigleyville. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and I know they do a lot of online. My Myopic, I don't think, does any online, but they're kind of a unique, weird thing uh, in Wicker Park. Uh-huh. But either way, there just aren't that many places, you know, that are just independent like that. Sure. And so, you know, it's that. And, it, and I think it's just the dumbing of society, and I hate the world. I think that's a really interesting thing that you brought, and it's a nice sentiment to send off, shake, rattle, and read. I'm sorry to see it go as well, but I can't say I've been contributing to its uh, well-being. You're doing just fine. You're talking to people, and you're, you're a marvelous person, Mary Beth. So I, think that I appreciate that. A lot of things I, I wouldn't talk to you otherwise. I uh, very no. much appreciate that, Mike. <laughs> that means a lot because I know that you wouldn't bullshit me at all, so I appreciate Never. that. <laughs> Never. I'm too blunt. I can't deal with it. <laughs> well, do you need to talk to other people? Who else are you talking to? Who are you talking to next? Uh, I believe next is our dear friend, Stephanie Corkery. Stephanie Corkery, oh my gosh. Yeah. I talked to her about the naked suit. The Jesus thing changed my life. <laughs> I'll tell you that you said that. For months, that she, she made this incredible <laughs> uh, 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 suit that yeah. made her look pregnant. And she did it homemade. And the pictures that go along with it, if you follow Stephanie Corkery, I think it's on Instagram or that, and she would mm-hmm. love it if you did. I follow her on Instagram. Agree. the world to her. She has some of the most hysterical pictures I've ever seen in my life. And she put so much time and thought into them. I love Stephanie Corkery. Send her my best. I think she's still in Alaska, right? She is still in Alaska, yeah. Oh, my God. We'll send her my very, very best. This is so sweet. I absolutely will. Um, I will let you go um, right. in preparation for her call. And congratulations on your anniversary. Thank you so much, Mike. This is so sweet. No, you're the best. And best of luck. And, and oh, my God, have so much fun. Like... 25 hours from now (laughs) sounds horrible have a lovely night I love you Mike thank you so much I love you too Mike okay and you know what even though I'm gonna die alone I'm glad I at least have people like you in my life I'm glad I'm here if you (laughs) if you do I've I've expelled all the niceness I have in me (laughs) bye bye Mike I believe that love you in a minute yes lord trying to get some new shit in this when we're going to the pool thing that you did on Instagram with all the Jesus pictures was the funniest thing he's ever seen and he loved it so much and he told everyone to follow you on Instagram. <laughs> there <we go. laughs> so if you see an MBSing Mike Gifford bump, uh, give us a little cred. <laughs> uh, but Okay, so colonic. Yes. Uh <laughs> For Christmas this year, I decided to give my loved one the thing that I care about most, which is um, an empty bowel. So, <laughs> um, we all got co- so Mary Beth, Paul, and I went and got colonics together, <laughs> um, and I think we can all agree that 
it's one. It will be the best shit of your life. Best poop of my life is exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> we got there, and I got these things on Groupon, <laughs> and we got there, and it, I think it said like car accidents on it. What did it say? Oh like, yeah, it was like. The only thing the outside said was like it was talking about acupuncture and how like if you'd been in an accident and I could tell all of us just like b-holes tightened up at that point because <laughs> I know uh, mine oh, for sure it. did. <laughs> the decor was like uh, like weird like bright colored furniture. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they had a bunch of like magazines uh, and. Oh God! It was, it was a lot. No one was there. No one was all there. Of a sudden, <laughs> Th- three people Paul all came first, in. Right? Yeah, yeah. Paul went first. He took Paul back, and then we were texting the whole time. Mary Beth left her phone, but <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even but think about it. I was like, I just want to experience this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to document. Um, <laughs> I got to work on that documentary. <laughs> yeah, um, I want to see it. But uh, <laughs> you go in, you take this tube, and he, well, he he doesn't speak the best English. Yeah, I mean, he speaks good English, but yeah. he's got a thick accent. Yes, so, that like, is a good way to put to it. Catch all of his words. Yeah. So th- th- that was that was a thing. But he gives you like this tube. He puts some lube on, and he says. Go up there, go up on this, like, <laughs> lay-down toilet. <laughs> stick this up your butthole. And, well, no, stick this on the thing and then slide onto it with your butthole. Oh, yeah, that's and, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he tells you, like, get it, like, two inches in. Uh-huh. But, like, you don't know. <laughs> you have you no idea how much like. two no. inches in your butt is. <laughs> Some people might. I don't. I don't know what two inches my butthole feels like. You know, like that first like push is like, well, there's a pencil up there. You know, like it feels like it feels like it's it's never ending. So I just remember pushing down to like a little bit further than I thought because I didn't see. I, I went the other way. Work, Mine you know, was like, What's yeah. Going? Mine wasn't in far enough, but he had to redo it for me, which I was okay with because then I knew it was right. <laughs> He comes in and it's like very like hands off only when necessary. He like mm. touched you, so like he like and you have like a sheet like, over good, your you crotch know? and everything, so he can't even like see your parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then he just starts. You just start the machine, and it just <laughs> starts flushing stuff into you. And he, how did he describe it? Like uh, what to do? He said hold and then big push. Wasn't it like a little bit of pressure and then big push? Yeah, and then do it again. And, and he like kept saying over that over and, over, and again. over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold and then big push out. I think that was it. Big push out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, but the problem is, so like stay in to make sure everything's going fine, but like you don't want to poop while he's in the room. So like <laughs> yeah. you're, going, you're like, Oh, God, oh, God, I got to poop now. I got to poop now. Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> that was one of the worst parts. Because I farted immediately, and he was like, good, that's good. 
<laughs> he was like, like oh, he like man. smiled at me, and I was like, sorry, bro. <laughs> <laughs> So that starts, so it's just happening, and you they have like a little mirror to where you can watch all of your poop going through the tube, and mm-hmm. you just see it, and it goes through these like waves, mm-hmm. like as you're cleaning out more and more, and I feel like, well, oh, so of course we chose the day before to go to a Chinese buffet. was <laughs> 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 not fail to mention that. <laughs> that and is I'm, a very I'm pertinent. So that oh, see, I think I had, um, but still, I still felt like pretty good, and I definitely like peed so much as well. And I was on my period; that was the worst. <laughs> because I was like I don't know what this whole situation is going to be honestly in the end I think it was nice because you feel terrible and like you have that warm thing on your belly and it just felt like a really really great period poop (laughs) (laughs) which as we all know (laughs) art can be real monsters (laughs) (laughs) real messy monsters as 50% of us know uh oh Andy here it's beeping in um, I called you a little late, so I'll make him wait and call him back. Unless you want to go ahead and uh, wrap this up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Either way, but like about fifteen minutes in, they put that warm heating pad, which is perfect. And then, yeah, once you're done, you feel like you have shit all over your back. Oh, that yeah, that was awful. I thought I was like truly covered in shit. I remember, yeah, like just like slowly lifting my shirt up more and more. <laughs> yes, me too. Me too. Me too, for sure. Um, final thoughts uh, that you haven't gotten in yet, but I think we did a pretty good job in such a short period of time. Um, uh, I'll do it again in a heartbeat. <laughs> and would recommend it to people, right? Especially if they have would poop problems. And um, my closest friends, my closest enemies. All right. Um, thank you so much. I love you. I miss you. Love you, miss you. Now come dry your eyes. You know you a star. You can touch the sky. I know that it's hard, but you have to try. If you need advice, let me simplify. So I still got like a good eight minutes in with her. How are you? I'm so good. How are you? Great. Um, yeah, I'm a little bit annoyed. I'm supposed to go to dinner tonight and sit outside. It's a thunderstorm. What the fuck? Oh, that does suck. I even brought a different pair of shoes because I didn't want the ones that I was wearing to get wet, but I wanted to wear them anyway. <laughs> yeah, right? No, good for you. Um, what's have? Do you have a really fun, um, like, lying in a, uh, like, a good story that you might have told on the podcast since we did it? Or this happened since we did it? it. I don't really know if I do. Like, I've got, like, some, like, life lessons that I've learned, like, a few years after Big Brother and, like, continuing to lie. That's Um, interesting. I was trying to think about it, like, I I don't know if I've got, like, a particularly great, phenomenal story. Uh, Do you think it's because you're, well, what do you think your, like, life lessons are a few years removed from that? And, uh, because I feel like we talked pretty soon after you'd gotten back, like, within a couple months. I mean, my like my Big Brother related one is just like always lie to fans at all times whenever they ask you anything Big Brother related because it tends it causes them to freak out and it's super fun to watch. That's like, so funny. Like, if they're like, 
is this upcoming season all stars? Like, you can just be like, yes, I know what that is. And then, like, they freak out. Like, legitimately, I have been quoted in online, like, articles. That's so funny. According to Andy Heron, Big Brother 15 winner, the upcoming season is definitely all stars. And I'm like, this is awesome. As though you, Um, uh. Yeah, and it causes people's heads to explode. As though. But I feel like my, my more, like, life lesson is just, like, and if you're not harming someone, I am all for lying. Like, okay. You know what I'm saying? Does this make sense? It's like, if you see someone's show and it's fucking terrible, and you know that there was, like, nothing they could really do about it, just like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like, why not just be like, oh, yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Like, why hurt their feelings? Or, like, yeah. Especially if it's, like, not something that they're ever going to, like, do again. You know what I'm saying? Like, that is. That I've seen in, like, like, plays or improv shows. Or, like... Even if, like, or I guess the better example is if you hate someone, like, I think life is too short to be, like, mean to someone's face. And you know this about me. You know that I'm, like, kind of two-faced. Right. That, like, oh, yeah, for sure, for I sure, encounter, yeah. I, like, everyone thinks that I'm, like, chipper and sweet and lovely. Like, <laughs> when like, you're a total demon. <laughs> and so it's just, like, but I'm never going to be, like, why, just, why make someone feel bad, like, to their face when you could just lie to them and fake being nice and then talk about them behind their back with other people? Sure. I don't understand, you know? Like, and don't get me wrong, that makes me, I guess that might make me sound catty, but it's like, I, I would rather be catty than outwardly neat. I, you know? I agree. I do not, I don't really think there is um, a use in being outwardly cruel. Uh, and no. And I, I don't really know if I even have it in me to be. Um, I don't either. I don't think I do. I like, I feel like, okay, so this is a great example that I thought of. Like, I was walking my best friend's great cane puppy like two weeks ago, mm-hmm. and he got a little bit, he got like a Judd. little bit too close to like, yeah, I was walking Judd, <laughs> he got a little bit too close to this like woman and her son, I mean, he didn't even touch him or anything, but this woman just turned to me and like immediately responded with anger, like she was like, what Jesus. the hell, like get him away from us, and like I thought to myself, I was like, I am so glad that my natural response to something like that is not anger. You know what I'm saying? Even if, like, I was afraid of dogs, I would, yeah. like, oh, I would like, jump, and then I would be like, it's okay. You know, like, I think my immediate, my immediate response, like what we were saying a second ago, is, like, not to cause drama or trouble. It's to, like, appease the situation. It's I to, like, totally agree. Right away, you know? I think I, it's so funny that you bring that up because I also think I've been thinking about that a ton recently. Like if, even if I'm just like riding my bike and someone um, like cuts me off or something like that in the situation where I have every right to be inordinately frustrated because I could be killed. um, Yeah. It like I just go, you know what? Like I'm glad my life isn't as shitty as that person's. Who like yeah. whatever is going on in their day that made them feel like they had to be somewhere that fast that they cut me off. Like I guess I'm better off, you know. Like I love that you use that example because I was talking about this a couple days ago, and I was saying how in college I was hit by a biker, and I was uh, like, I the biker like the biker blew fast like a part like a crosswalk and hit me. And I apologize to the bike. Oh, my gosh. Like, oh, my God. I'm so sorry. And because, yet again, I think my natural response was not to scream at him or be mad at him. It was to try to, like, appease the situation. Yes. You know? Yeah, and like. After so, like, he wrote away, I was just like, oh, my God. I was like, <laughs> I, that like, hurt. What did I do? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the only but time. I was like, no, I need to, like, I, like, I basically lied and was just like, oh, no worries, sir. Even though, like, I was pissed off inside a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know what that is. Like, it's, it's. 
I, I remember when uh, Liz Caradonna was on this very show, she said something to the effect of, like, you can't teach people how to be considerate. So, like, if you're yeah. a considerate person and you're tired of people being inconsiderate, then, like, all of the weight of that falls on you. And I was just like, damn, that is true and depressing. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah, and, and like I said, I think that there's, like, I think that being considerate and lying go hand in hand in so many situations because so many people are inconsiderate and you could be inconsiderate right back and like yes. tell the truth to them. You know what I'm saying? You could yes. be a fucking bitch. That know? is so it's true. Like, oh, it's fine. No worries. Even though like, it's not fine. Yeah. You know? like, I guess to an extent. Like if someone is being fucking awful to you, definitely stick up for yourself and say something. For sure. But it's like, I would say in nine out of ten instances, it is not that big of a deal to me. And so if I know that it is not a big deal, I'm like, I'm just going to lie and like tell this person that I don't care. You know? I totally agree. And I think that what it then becomes is like um, a big a big difference here is that like if something shitty happens to you or someone does something bad to you, especially if it's someone that you know, I guess this goes a little bit against like people that you don't know that you obviously don't, you know, you're not even going to like see them again or whatever. Um, But like someone in your life, if they do something shitty to you and you're just like, oh, well, it's okay, it's fine. Like because you'd rather just brush it off than be like, you fucked up, you're an asshole. Then the next time they try to do something like that to you, that's when you have to like address it, you know? Yeah, yeah. You have to look out yeah, for number one. Like, yeah, no, totally. And also, you feel like I, I feel similar. It's like I don't feel like I have friends that treat me like that. You yeah. Know what I'm so like, it's not that often that I have to be like, "You're being really inconsiderate," because I feel like my friends aren't that inconsiderate. You yes, know? that's good. I think that's a good place to be coming from. But uh, yeah, I know there there's so many people who like get let things like get built up because they let it go, but then they also just like keep letting things happen to them. Yeah. No. And I guess I'm not a proponent of, like, if you're, like, if something is bothering you, don't bottle it up. I'm talking, like, in most casual situations sure, where it's sure, easy sure. to let it go. Like, if someone's doing something that is, like, actually pissing me off, I will talk about <laughs> sure. it. Like I said, I think it is, like, yeah, like, it is so... <laughs> but we could all do with a heavy dose of let it go. Yes, yeah, just let it fucking go. Yeah. Adina told us. But. Adele Dazim told us. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and you know what? I bet she was fucking annoyed when John Travolta messed up her name, but, like, uh-huh. the next day she was like, no problem. Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> Good for her, man. She let it go. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, so there you go. I mean, yeah, like I said, no, no. I mean, I'm sure if I thought hard enough, but I was really thinking, nothing, like, besides, like, being published in, like, actual articles on, like, some reputable websites, like, about Big Brother being like, oh, yeah, like, that's so funny. Because, like, who gives a shit if you do that? Basically, it's completely lying. That's teaching people uh, to not believe anything, everything they hear on the internet. And that's a valuable yeah, exactly. lesson. All right. And it also, it's like, it's also like, journalism is really terrible that people are like, you know what I'm saying? That people are like, not doing even one iota. Yes, God. That is so fucking true. Like, if they get one source. Um, then they'll just run with it. So if you ever yeah. see anything quoting Andy Heron, it's probably a lie. <laughs> yeah, just that's if anyone is going to take away anything from listening to me on this podcast, it should never believe a word. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good way to uh, end it, Andy. Uh, I gotta let you go. Yeah. Mikey already tried to call. Um, All right. I love you, and I mean that. Love you too. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. If he don't love you anymore. Walk your fun ass out
Mikey! You're trying to reach Mike Migdal. No, he's trying to call me back. What a hilarious voicemail and calamitous situation. Mikey, I'll get you. Should I wait? Now who goes? I should have had something planned for this. I didn't know I'd run into so many. <laughs> Mikey, Mikey, Mikey! Meredith, what is up? I'm sorry I missed your first attempt to call, and then sim- and then we simultaneously called one another a couple times. I'm freaking out! <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I got like a minute or two behind at the very top, so I've just been rolling over into each time. But hopefully I can just take the next call at the end of yours and be all caught up. I wanted to make sure I was doing everything you did. As, as the best I could so that this podcasting marathon works out. I just want you to succeed, and I know you will. You are so sweet. You did everything right. I just happened to not be able to wrap up quick enough to take your call. How are you, sweet Mike McDowell? Chillin'? I, you know what? I was chilling. Right now, I am wading into the uncharted territories of doing a podcast from my phone in my backyard as a storm is about to rain down from the heavens. So That's so funny. It's a, little, it's a little thrilling instead of killing, but Lord willing, uh, I think this podcast is going to make a killing. <laughs> I think we're both going to be very wealthy from this podcast. I think so, too. I think your 10 minutes are what's going to be uh, my big break and your big break. And if you want this to you know, my topic is chilling, feel free to take a break. And oh, you can go to the bathroom. That's so sweet. It, I thought it might be, like, we could talk about chilling. We could talk about how <laughs> my ideas on chilling have, have changed over the past year or two. But Do you feel that's true? Talking, what? Do you feel that's true? Um, I appreciate you offering to give me a break. I did start eating um, some like small dinner uh, type treats while we were talking, so I feel like I'm I'm having like an internal chill while I have an external chill. Does that make sense? Ooh, I love that, and that makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> I really appreciate that for you to offer that though. I I peed right before we started, and I'm forty minutes in or so and I don't have to pee pee yet but I am worried about that. I did a lot of things when I set up the schedule that I thought would write themselves because I thought I would have breaks but everybody filled it up which is a great problem to have. Yes. I I realized too that this is the first leg of this this steeple change (laughs) and offering a break this early on is really more of a gesture so I kind of thought you would uh, rejected the proposal. So, I, okay. If you had it's like the, that would have been great. That would have been fine. But I also was like, I'd be surprised if Mary Beth went out for a smoke. <laughs> well, I appreciate the offer, and I will reject it. So, um, your your thought process was both generous and on point. Because hey. you didn't have to. You didn't have to offer it all. I'm sure many won't. This is your time, as much as it is mine. Uh, more than it is mine. More than it is mine. Well, if you took a break, it would surely be my time. It would <laughs> just be my voice on this podcast for the next eight or seven minutes. 
And I'd finally be able I guess to that's true. Un- I could unfurl my agenda <laughs> and uh, oh snap, there's lightning in this backyard now. I should probably go inside. Be but careful. I'm gonna stay. Um, okay. Uh don't die on the phone. Uh how do you feel like your um overarching feelings about chillin' have changed in the past uh since we talked last? Yeah, so I was conflicted last last we spoke. I listened to the podcast today on my walk to uh uh, pick up some coffee, mm-hmm. and that is, that is a rush, listening to yourself on a podcast. Isn't it? Uh, it is truly the highest form of uh, worshiping yourself. <laughs> I do it every I, week. It makes me feel me, very egotistical. <laughs> very egotistical. We, we talked about how there's like a happy balance between chasing the god or goddess of comfort and then also trying to do creative things and create and there's sometimes they can be kind of conflicting sure uh, i think that that holds up i think i still i'm still at war or not not something so violent but <laughs> i have a, i have a weird relationship with with letting myself chill mm-hmm. and uh then sometimes I have a weird relationship with letting myself not chill if that makes sense it so does. i'm still trying to figure it out you know the answer is not clear I um I know that the last uh, couple weeks of my own life have been very frustrating because I know I have needed to work on things that when I have had downtime I have not been as productive as I would have liked to have been, but and then that's just a self perpetuating frustration. Yeah, and I can only imagine like doing something like what you're doing right now today, and then again on Friday because you had so many people who wanted to be <laughs> yeah. on your podcast. Uh, uh, like. That's, a, that's such a great problem to have, but I know that if I had to do something at that scale, I would probably be kind of miserable uh, <laughs> at, the, at the same time. I'd be like, God, I love this so much, and then I'd have to be like, please, let me just die. I'm so, ready to die now. <laughs> that is so sweet, and I, that you even like thought into it that much. Um, so I did... Uh, I don't have as full of a schedule on Friday one, so I'm hoping to just kind of like be able to take some breaks, work on some other stuff. So this will be the the real Thunderdome uh, situation. Um, two, another thing that this affords me is I'm going to take all of June off and just use all of these as my episodes. Um, so that ah, like nice. in, you know, and that's something that I've never done. Um, but I mean, I'm putting in eight hours of work to do it. You know what I mean? So it's not totally like I'm, um, giving up on it for, for a month. It's more just like changing pace, uh, for a little bit. Um, yeah, this is a sprint right now. Right. You're covering a lot of ground. Quickly, right. But yes. Hey. The sprinters feel tired in the same way that the distant runners feel tired, you know? It's they, different. Everyone is the worst. <laughs> I got to make a quick shout-out. I see I've got, like, two minutes left. Please. Uh, this is relevant to chilling. My two number one chillers right now are my two roommates, Aww. Casey Tony and, and Gannon Reedy. These guys, I promised them a shout-out. I said, That's so hey, I'm, I got to go do this podcast. It's about chilling. I love chilling with you guys. Oh, I love that. Uh, to Gannon and uh, Casey Tony, who I've heard nothing but the sweetest things about. I remember, Thank you for, for uh, 
for that. You posted a picture that Casey had hand drawn of, or did you draw the picture for him? He drew that for me. That's what I thought. He had been a little short in a response to you while he was playing video games, and he drew out an apology to give to Mike, which I think is just what a, what a lovely example of people being able to cohabitate in a way that everyone gets along and uh, gets all their feelings. Yeah, because you know he was celebrating chill time with his video games. I came in. I was celebrating chill time by making snarky remarks. <laughs> That's how I feel. And then we our chill times were were at war with one another or something less violent. Right. And then then we came together and ultimately we signed a, a chill treaty in the form of a thoughtful apology. That's and, beautiful. Uh, social media attention, and then later talking about it on a podcast. <laughs> it's come full circle. Mikey, I got to let you go. Uh, Window Evans uh, gave me a FaceTime request that I promptly ignored, um, just like okay. I did to you. So I'm going to give him a, a call back. Say hello to Wynn for me. Also say hello to Adam Levin, who's coming up next. You got a hell of a lineup, MB. Sig lineup. I love you so much, Mikey. I mean that. I love you too, MBS. I really think you're doing great work. God bless you. I do my head talk. My first FaceTimer. Oh my goodness! I'm sorry. It's an honor to be your first <laughs> FaceTimer. I'm sorry it took me a couple of minutes to get it sorted out. Um, oh, it's all good. I missed your first attempt while I was talking to Mike Migdal, who told me to tell you hello. Hello, Mike Migdal. Um, do you have anything specific to bring to the table? Uh, only that I love you, and you're Aww. amazing, and magnificent, and may you be blessed with abundance and joy and happiness. That is so sweet, Wynn. Of Why course. Are you, you're the best. It oh, was you're the best. Sweet to see you, but briefly at the uh, fishbowl last week. It had been a while. Oh, yeah, definitely. Always nice to see you. Uh, do you feel like you are still um, well on your journey to discovering ways to keep yourself uh, feeling good and being happy and generally well? Uh, yeah, in, in a sense. Um, in a way, uh, my, my journey has gotten to the point where I've discovered the blessings in not feeling well. Okay. And I've discovered the blessings in not getting the, my way. Okay. And not getting what I want. Sure. And life not going the way I planned it to go. <laughs> sure. And that's actually the greatest happiness of all when you don't even know how to be happy, but you are, and you don't even know what what circumstances are making you happy, but you just are because circumstances don't make make you happy. Sure. Yeah. There is so much importance to that, <laughs> that uh, chasing it down and trying to pinpoint it is uh, counterintuitive in a lot of ways. Absolutely. It's not something that we, are, we our minds will ever understand. It's not something we'll ever figure out. And I tried, believe me. <laughs> yeah. I, tried to, I tried to understand the secrets of the universe. Right. And there's a certain point in your life where 
the biggest secrets of the universe are unknowable. <laughs> I think they're completely unknowable. I think that's most points in our lives. <laughs> right. Except we think that we need to know something that we don't. Sure. But the greatest truth is not that we don't understand things. It's that life understands everything on our behalf. Oh. So we understand everything that we need to understand at the exact moment that we understand it, and not a moment sooner or a moment later. That's beautiful. To just kind Isn't of that, yeah. let it come to you. Absolutely. And that takes, that's that's not something that, that comes easy for a lot of people. Oh, and my God. Myself included. It's so hard because we're taught and we kind of are conditioned to approach everything from that lens of, I got to figure this out. I of must course. be doing something wrong. There must be something missing that I need to do in order to be within the perfect flow of existence in the universe. That is too true. And I I don't even know. I It's so funny. Like, this is already the first few um, people have already been, like, relatively philosophical. I just had a conversation um, about how, like, it's just easier to let something go when something frustrating happens to you. Um, especially if it's like someone that you don't know, like if a stranger is rude to you, then it's much easier to just kind of let it roll off your back than it is to like try to be confrontational because you don't know that person's, um, you know, where they're coming to the situation from. Um, And I feel like we've already gotten back to like a similar place of, hey, like (laughs) let things happen. Take a big big relax. And letting things happen also includes feeling hurt by people when, sure. they, when when they make you feel bad it's a lot of times we get into the trap of thinking well if this you know why did i attract this experience to me right why, why are people being mean to me i must have done something bad maybe right. i should go back and try to understand it again and that never works what really works is just being honest without blaming anybody like wow i really that didn't make that doesn't Make, I don't feel good right now. Mm-hmm. And with within that, we, th- we think that we have to be feeling something other than what we're feeling in sure. order to be at peace with what's happening. But sure. all that it takes is like being honest about it. Even if you hate it, if you can admit that you hate what you're experiencing, you're better off than someone who's saying like, Oh, well, uh, you know, the Just Buddha never throwing on a smile and... Right, it's fake. Grin it's, and bear it is not the best actual <laughs> philosophy. Fake it you make it has never worked. <laughs> no one has successfully faked it until they made it. That's it's so impossible. funny. That's so funny. Uh, I And I am definitely, like, totally guilty of that, of if I am frustrated by something, I try to just take it on myself which is so uh detrimental oh that's okay it's 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 okay that we do all these things too because we were safe enough to to have to act those things out and yeah. the, the only the only that guilt is is just something that's happening it's it's not necessarily a personal thing but it mm-hmm. can feel that way there's there's definitely like nothing is personal, but you can have the experience of it feeling personal, and that's yeah, like totally sure. legitimate and awesome. Sure, and sure, it's like, sure. wow, I'm, I feel this is happening to me exclusively, right? And that's a when feeling. It, that's, that's so legitimate. funny. Yeah, because I do think that is an important thing uh, to keep in mind. I think that's just my oh no, ambulance. Uh, 
I was just going to so, let the ambulance pass. Oh. But it, oh, it would appear there were more than one. Well. <laughs> a little uh, train of ambulance. Yeah, let me try to close the window. Oh, no, it's okay. We'll, t- we'll talk through it. <laughs> just as we say, like, yeah, everyone has their own difficulties. You hear, like, <laughs> wailing ambulances signaling something happening to someone that you can't imagine like that may be yeah. fucking up their day, their life who knows, uh, right. I feel like that's actually pretty poetic all things considered totally, totally Cause the, I, the, the ambulances are helping to prove what it, the point <laughs> I think Thank so you, too ambulances. I think so too um, <laughs> I guess my only thing is that hey my wish for the world is that each individual person could know and recognize that everyone is going through all of the frustrations and struggles that they also experience and maybe worse, maybe better, who knows, but everyone has their own shit. Absolutely. And and your shit is my shit. And, and my joy is your joy and my suffering is your suffering and we are all inextric- inextricably linked in impossibly amazing ways that we could never comprehend with our with our minds and that's just part of the perfection and it's so beautiful i love that uh being i'm just gonna make some small notes just so i have them because i like being able to like i this is so much more of a i think when i set out to do it i was like this will be fun and i think it's gonna end up being a whirlwind but a fun whirlwind absolutely I really, some fun chaos. I'm it's really glad good. that you wanted to be a part of it. Oh, well, it's an honor to speak to you. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and let you go and try to um, get back on top of things. Sounds good. Thank you so much for calling uh, in. Many I blessings. You. I love I you. I love you so much. <laughs> You're the best. Bless you. Ooh, girl, need to kick off your shoes. Gotta take a deep breath. Time to focus on you. All the big fights, long nights that you've been I got a bottle of tequila I've been saving for you. Hello. Hello. Uh, I do what think that up? I am good. I have gotten a hello from you from Mike Migdal already, so I wanted to go ahead and pass that along. Oh, my God. You know, I want to send a hello to Mike Migdal, and who's right after me? Uh, John Pernasek is right after you. Hey. I want to give a lot of love to that guy, and thanks to Facebook, I know he's moving soon, and I just hope he has a great move. Hell yeah. Yeah, I don't want to help him move in any way, but I just want to be want to wish him the best. <laughs> yeah. uh, Ooh, fun. Congratulations on the anniversary. I'm so proud. Thank you so much. You are someone who, you contributed to the, the first anniversary in a very fun way. Um, and I was remembering that recently, um, cause I, I, I hate to interrupt real quick, but can I just say a gravy boat? I'll think about that every week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a gravy boat. Shout out to Julia Weiss. I agree. Um, I think she's going to call and leave me a voicemail. Um, but I hope that she has some fun food convo to um, contribute to the conversation. Um, but I'm glad you still think about <laughs> something from her app. <laughs> um, well, uh, this is what I was thinking about uh, 
day when I knew you were going to call. Mm-hmm. This is such a more f- fun conversation than the last time we were on the phone. <laughs> is that what you, that's but, literally what you thought about? That, uh, today, because I was thinking about the last time we talked on the phone. Yeah. And I, that was like when I was just basically losing my mind. Right. And I was like talking you down off the ledge, so uh, to speak. Let's I mean, not throw uh, that around. because I was actually on a ledge in my neighborhood. So really? It was, like, uh, it was like a six-inch ledge. It was like on the ledge of someone's garden. But it was still it was still a good uh, side post for where I was at. Wow. I didn't even know what I had done. Um, well, I'm very glad that this is a better situation than that was. <laughs> <laughs> and I've asked you about that recently, and you said it was going better, which also made me feel good. Um, I think we just, yes. I think we learn a lot. You know, as we go on about the way we have to let ourselves be treated and the way we treat others. Oh, you said it. Just another life lesson for Mary Beth Smith and her podcast. <laughs> do you feel like, how do you feel like um, you can reflect on um, your topic in the time since we've talked? Or if you, if oh, you want to, you can. You can, you can really bring that up. Oh, I'm more than more than happy to. Okay. Uh, I'm just currently in my room before I go to a show, but I don't want to open my window because it's it's raining, but oh. it's really hot here, so it's a real catch-22. I get it. Uh, your apartment is failing at being possible to regulate the temperature. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, emotional and otherwise. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, Oh, yeah. So I was thinking about this, um, like, and I've told you this obviously many times where I feel like that podcast, uh, the episode, was like a major, I would say, like, signpost in my Chicago uh, life. You had told me that. It's very flattering. I felt like almost like a completely different person afterwards. That's crazy. Um, that yeah. We have talked about that since then, and I'm so, I'm just overjoyed that something that I did uh or was a part of um kind of was able to do that for you whether it was just vocalizing all these kind of frustrations or experiences allowing you to kind of move past them a little more what do you think it exactly was definitely that i think many levels yeah it was like things that uh i was just like as you probably know i just to a person needs to get it out but the other thing too is I think weirdly enough like how many times as we get older do you think like and granted you make me a, uh, a more elevated person than me mm. uh, which I assume you are I don't know about that how many times as we get older like are you just like Jedi laser focused connecting with someone for like that amount of time you know what I mean man I I I agree with you, and I do think that is one of the beautiful things about podcasting in general, and even about this one specifically, because there I've had at least an hour long conversation with, you know, over a hundred and fifty six people, and that's kind of crazy like there's so many of those people that I had barely had a five minute conversation with before that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, totally. And like, I'm a, I'm a podcast nut. And uh-huh. so, like, I listen to the Pete Holmes one, and he says, I like, love Pete Holmes. Like, and I wonder, I mean, is it just like, do you think it's like, I mean, I assume that's maybe part of it, other than some level, where it's like, there's a 
Oh no! One second, second, one second, one second. Yeah. Okay. 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 Oh, that is so loud. Um, John Pernisek called a little early, so and obviously he used Skype, um, but it was it was very it was very loud. I'll call him back. It's okay. Um, uh, yes, Pete Holmes does talk about that a lot, like an uninterrupted, um, like, and he talks to people for three hours. Oh yeah, it's insane. You are you are actually one of the people on the short list that I would consider like that I feel like I talk to um a lot like like we will go out for coffee and we will talk for like 2 or 3 hours and like I don't have that oh, many yeah. friends that I do that with Yeah and it's uh me I mean neither do I I feel like uh like my best friend growing up uh like my two best friends were growing up mm-hmm. at one time like they were like the first people that I was able to do that in my, my life. And mm-hmm. that's like, well, I always do my best friends, but it's like, we very rarely ever do that anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Um, but I feel like it's like, almost like going through, to, weirdly enough, it's like, almost going to battle with someone where you're just like, no, we like spoke and it was, it was connecting and entertaining for three hours and we will have that. That's forever. so funny. You know I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's really funny. I love it. I like that we went to battle together. Yeah. Um, and also, it's weirdly enough, I, so, I, I remember, because I'm, like, a vain little boy, that when the podcast first came out, I definitely, like, listened to it one, one or two times. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, like, I think that might have been, like, the first podcast I'd ever been on. Uh-huh. Much like when you're, like, seven and you're recording your voice uh-huh. on, like, your little boot box. You're just uh-huh. like, whoa. I, um, um but I, I listened like to... I listen to... Oh, what's up? I listen to every episode at least once, so like I do think there's something a little vain about that, but I I still do it. It's interesting oh, yeah, to mean, experience a conversation. If you're, the, if you're the host, you're like creating something. You yeah, know what I mean? it's very interesting to experience a conversation twice, like once from the inside and once from the outside. All right, I'm gonna take uh, John's call. I love you, Adam, and no I mean worries. that. Okay, goodbye. I love you. Bye. Thank you so much. Uh, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. Um, do you have specific thoughts on the Wizard of Oz since the last time we talked? Well, I, I said I said to uh, Chris Johnson, my boyfriend. I, you know, Chris Johnson, my boyfriend. Yes, yes, I'm aware. Yes. <laughs> and I, I said I don't know if there's really anything that I could talk about that I wouldn't have already, you know, mentioned, you know, the first time around. But as you pointed out, since we recorded the first session, uh, NBC, you know, they, they premiered The Wiz Live. Yes. Uh, which is part of the whole, you know, they're unrolling this huge stable of, like, every network now has to have some sort of, if it's not live, it has to be some taped musical event now. It does seem to be a, a pretty easy uh, kind of uh, viewer grab. Uh for, right. for lack of a, a better way to put it, uh, you watched The Wiz, uh, I would assume? Yeah, I, I watched The Wiz. Uh, that that was really fun. I kind of felt like I was... It made me feel, like, really young, like, watching. I could imagine myself loving it as a kid. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. So I'm sure a lot of kids watched that and, you know, kind of had a really cool experience and maybe, like... Maybe, I don't know, I always wonder if, like, that's some kids, like, first, you know, 
first dance like see something like in theater or something similar to that. So that's so that funny cool. because I I had the same thought when I was watching the um, the Grease live that was relatively oh. recent. Um, yes. That I just appreciated that it may very well have been the first thing of that nature that someone had seen just because of its, you know, network nature. Uh, and I totally agree. I think that's really cool that that exists for people now, probably. Yeah, I mean, I'm all for it. I think the more stuff like we can put like that on, on network TV, the better. Because, I don't know, I think it's an interesting trend. I like musicals anyway, so my theory is every network should be trying to develop something. Right. Uh, I definitely like, think the Grease one was the best one I'd seen so far. It was definitely the most ambitious. Like, they really pushed it to a degree that NBC has not done yet. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it, it's like NBC has just been kind of hanging their hopes on, like, casting big names. But the, right. but the Grease thing was, like, really an effective live taping of a show, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I like the fact that with Greece they they had no they had no hesitations in just showing you like this is just a big thing that we're doing. Yeah. Like, we're not gonna pretend that this is all real somehow. Right, sure. Mm-hmm. 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 That but that's why I think their their Rocky Horror thing looks more strange because that's not live it's taped oh i don't know if i realize that um and like that has laverne cox and right. that transvestite role and I, i'm just not sure i i don't know it's all degrees of success but i'm wondering where that's gonna fall on the spectrum i will be interested as well i think i assumed it was also going to be uh, a live thing um so i feel like it being pre-taped makes it a different uh, I don't know, a different bird, a different beast. Yeah. It's just a TV movie at that point. Right, exactly. You're just remaking Rocky Horror into a TV movie, which is like a right. different thing than what all these live musicals have been for sure. Yeah, it makes it, it, makes it a little more obviously a cash-in. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not even really, you're not trying to do too much with it. Like, you're satisfied with just sort of making a remake. Right, yes, exactly. Uh, um, the, uh, the other thing I wanted to throw in real quick during my time here is uh, NBC is also uh, moving forward ever more quickly with Emerald City, which I, I, I mentioned. I think I saw that on an order list this year, like reading through what got uh, canned and, and what was getting renewed and everything. I'm, I'm pretty sure it caught my eye. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the one, uh, the like uh, episodic, like crimey type one. Yeah, pretty sure she's still a cop. Uh, I mean, this thing's been in development for so long that maybe that's not true anymore. Gotcha. Um, but the, the the sort of online sort of pitch for it is really pushing the fact that Vincent D'Onofrio is in it. <laughs> that's hilarious. I I don't know. I they're like Vincent D'Onofrio of Daredevil and Jurassic World, and I don't know how you feel about him in general. But I'm like. I don't know if he's as interesting as everybody like claims him to be. Like, I fit up. really hated Jurassic World overall. Oh, of course. I thought it was very bad, so his part in it was just kind of also bad to me, you know? 
Right. It 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 neither. It, I don't know if anyone else in that role would have been more interesting. Like they couldn't make Chris Pratt interesting. Like fuck off. No. What a bad movie. Ugh, they turned everyone into these just sort of odd marionettes, just sort of like bumping into each other while stuff happened around them. Yes, and every time they actually had to speak to one another, it was. Again, like very puppet, like very stilted. Just, I really oh, yeah. hated that movie. Well, and the, this show, like they cast him as the wizard, and they keep pushing the idea that, like, this it's what every adaptation of this property does. They're like, this is this is a version unlike anything you've ever seen. I'm like, that cannot be true. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's not possible. Like, it's, we've seen yeah. every per- per- permutation at right. this point. Like, no, 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 like. You know, the scarecrow, we're going to do something. I'm like, what could you possibly do? That's so funny. Uh, I, I, I just, every TV show that was, like, announced during those upfronts, you know, all those trailers that came out for all of these, like, new series. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, well, what you seem to have had in the, in the first place was a bad movie, and then you realized no one was going to make it into a movie, so you just pitched it as a pilot. <laughs> that, um, Kristen Bell, Ted Danson project... The, oh, I have. What is that? I haven't seen that. I think it's called. I think it's called the Good Life. It's it's called the uh, Good Something. But the first thing I thought after I saw the trailer was, this seems like a movie. Like it okay. just doesn't seem like it has the legs to be a television show. That that's about her dying, right? Yes. Going to the afterlife. Correct. Okay. So have you, have you seen the trailer for? Imaginary Mary? No. That's the Jenna Elfman show where Rachel Dratch plays her imaginary monster friend. Oh. <laughs> I, am, I am totally unfamiliar with this project. <laughs> You're totally on board? Uh, I know I'm unfamiliar with it. I, I know I would remember if I had seen anything about this. Oh. Yes. <laughs> but But that's another example where I'm like, uh, that's a comedy from, like, 1994. Yeah. Uh, not a TV show in 2016. And also, like, isn't that kind of what Wilfred ended up being? Um, that's what I thought. Yes, you're right. When I saw that, I was like, this is, like, a nice version of Wilfred. Yeah. I That sounds uh, weird and bad. <laughs> and the kids, uh, I, I only saw, like, an episode of The Grinder, but that shit got canned. Yeah, and everybody kept... I don't know. When everybody keeps pushing the idea that like some of these shows are really good, I'm like, are they though? <laughs> they're, like, they're, they're like, John, you need to watch. Do you remember the Trophy Wife? The Trophy Wife? Absolutely. Yeah. Not. People were like, people were like, the Trophy Wife is really great despite its terrible title. I'm like, oh, it's one of those shows. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, but I'll I will. Be by the title. Right. But there was a lot of that surrounding. Um, uh, crazy ex-girlfriend, and I've seen pieces of that show and really enjoyed it. Yeah, that show is great because um, it's supposed the first to be. Was on. What's that? Uh, it's supposed to be a commentary on how like absurd it is to use that as a way to refer to someone. Right, uh, and yeah, in that way, it's really smart because when I saw the ads for it on like billboards and stuff, right, my immediate reaction was. 
oh, that's so, like, regressive and, like, dumb. Why would right. she be called that? That's exactly. exactly what they wanted. Yes, which is super smart and interesting, and it's almost like you should try to watch something or at least wait for it to come out before you get blindly angry about it. Right. I mean, Imaginary <laughs> Mary could be. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, John, I got to let you go. Okay. But this was a joy. Thank you so much for calling. You're welcome. See you later, man. Love you. I mean that. All right. Love you, too. Bye-bye. We don't love you anymore. So walk your finest out the door. I enjoy it. Didn't you share a poem on Instagram? Was that today or yesterday? Recently. Sometime this week. Um... I like, yeah, yeah, it was about um, finding um, like quiet or unrest in the city. I liked that a lot. Yeah, I tried to post one. I used to follow the Paris Review on Instagram, and occasionally they would post poetry. I thought that was really cool, so I post a poem every Wednesday morning. Or try to. The Paris Review? Yeah, it was one of the. um, yeah, the Paris Review, it's like a literary magazine. Okay. Uh, and, yeah, I was like, oh, what's that? They posted poems, and I was like, oh, that's cool. I want to do that. So, awesome. Yeah. That's a good fun. little... People, yeah, people seem to like it, so... I like it. I always read them. If if, if I see them. I don't get yeah, on sure. Instagram as much as I used to. I'm trying to yeah. turn off those screens. Sure, no, I get it. <laughs> it's my one... It's my one vice for social media. Yeah, as Instagram is? Yeah, I don't have Twitter, and I've been off Facebook for a couple months now. Um, That is, my significant other only has Twitter. He used to have Twitter and Instagram, but he gave up even that. Well, I think I applaud him. <laughs> I do too, honestly. I think it's it's commendable on both of your accounts. Uh, do you have anything specific that you've been thinking about, um, poetry related or otherwise that you would like to talk about while I have you? Um, well, I'm not, I don't think anything, um, specific, but I did, I mean, as far as like the topic in general, but right. I did, I did apply to grad schools in poetry. Oh yeah. My big update. Right. Um, for poetry programs. Yeah, for poetry MFAs, yeah. And how did that work out? Well, I mean, it was a very interesting process, you know, and I think from doing poetry and, and, you know, reading prose in Chicago, you know, I've talked to other, you know, there's a smattering of other comedians who write poetry, and that's really cool, and it's really great stuff. Um, But what was very clear was that, like, applying for these is like they're very much looking for a specific type of person. Sure. You know, like, there's things about, you know, like, what journals have you edited at, you know, and stuff like that. Oh, wow. So they're kind of looking for someone who's been working towards that specifically, you would say? Yeah, but yeah, I mean, presumably, like, reading between the lines, like, anticipating, you know, working towards that their whole life, you know. Right. whatever. Um, Do you feel like you, when you applied, that was what your goal was, was to, to devote more of a a streamline to that? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that was definitely like, I enjoyed it, you know, and wanted to, yeah, be able to go to school and learn more and, and, you know, whatever. Um, you know, and I ended up not getting in any of the schools. 
what you know, I think. Right, yeah. That was kind of why I was like, how did that work out? I hate having to say that because I don't think no. you got in anywhere. Yeah, no. But, but I think ultimately it's, it's you know, I'm happy that it worked out the way it did. But, or the thing that the takeaway I think is like, you know, one, you know, you can find a passion or an interest, you know, whatever it may be, find a place in Chicago to do it, you know, and follow it however long, you know, and however deep you want to. Sure. And that, um, and that there's a venue for pretty much any kind of, you know, performance, whatever facet, you sure. can go and find a place to do it. You know? Sure. Um, and that, like, you know, even, I only applied to four schools, and even with the spectrum of those four, um, there were kind of varying degrees of how strict or, you know, how kind of tight their parameters were, you know? Right. Um, so sure at least you done. know you did it, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, and even then, it's like, you know, I think um, these could have just been not a good fit or, or, you know, if I had done more research, I'm sure I could. Found somewhere. Right. Sure. Yeah. Um, so, I think ultimately it was a hopeful, it was a hopeful experience. Good. That's good. That's a good way yeah. to have left it. I'm glad you did it. If you felt yeah. like it was something you wanted to do, got some experience yeah. out of it, and left you hopeful on the other end. Yeah. So, you know, I think regardless of the outcome, it's nice to feel like you're, you know, putting yourself out there or whatever, you know, pursuing your Absolutely. You know, I, I hate to sound saccharine, but pursuing your dreams, you know, whatever. I um, I totally agree, and I think it's one of those things where, like, you never know how it's going to pan out unless you actually give it that shot. Yeah. Uh, sure. Well, I'm glad I caught you for a while I did. I got to let you go and catch my next guest. Yeah, dude, you got a whole night ahead of you. I still have a few more hours. It's been going great <laughs> so far. <laughs> Bye, Steve. I love you. Love you, too. Talk to you soon. For MBSing. This is Jimmy Pennington calling from the Sorrento coast in Italy. <clears throat> Professor Lupin continued, The Patronus is a kind of positive force, a projection of the very things that the Dementor feeds upon, hope, happiness, the desire to survive. But it cannot feel despair, as real humans can, so the Dementors can't hurt it. But I must warn you, Harry, that the charm might be too advanced for you. Many qualified wizards have difficulty with it. What does a Patronus look like? said Harry curiously. Each one is a unique to the wizard who conjures it. But how do you conjure it? With an incantation, which will work only if you're concentrating with all your might on a single, very happy memory. Harry cast his mind about for a happy memory, certainly. Nothing that had happened to him at the Dursleys was going to do. Finally, he settled on the moment when he had first ridden a broomstick. But, he said, tried to recall as exactly as possible the wonderful soaring sensation of his stomach. The incantation is this, Lupin cleared his throat, Expecto Patronum. Expecto Patronum, Harry repeated under his breath. Expecto Patronum. Concentrating hard on your happy memory? Oh, yeah, said Harry, quickly forcing his thoughts back to that first broom ride. Expecto Patronum, no. Patronum. Sorry. Expecto Patronum. Expecto Patronum. Something whooshed suddenly out of the end of his wand. It looked like a wisp of silvery gas. Did you see that? said Harry excitedly. 
something happened. Very good, said Lupin, smiling. Right then, ready to try it on a Dementor? Yes, Harry said, gripping his wand very tightly and moving into the middle of the deserted classroom. He tried to keep his mind on flying, but something else kept intruding. Any second now, he might hear his mother again. But he couldn't think like that. Well, he would hear her again, and he didn't want to, or did he? Lupin grasped the lid of the packing case and pulled. The Dementor rose slowly from the box, its hooded face turned toward Harry, one glistening, stabbed hand gripping its cloak. The lamps around the classroom flickered and went out. The Dementor stepped from the box and started to sweep silently toward Harry, drawing a deep, rattling breath. A wave of piercing cold broke over him. Expecto Patronum, Harry yelled. Expecto Patronum, Expecto. Put the classroom in the Dementor were dissolving. Harry was falling again through the thick white fog and his mother's voice was louder than ever, echoing inside his head. Not Harry. Not Harry, please, I'll do anything. Stand aside. Stand aside, girl. Harry! Harry jerked back to life. He was lying flat on his back on the floor. The classroom lamps were alight again. He didn't have to ask what happened. Surely, he muttered. Baby, how you feeling? This has been a Nerdalogs production. If you'd like to help make more things like this, please visit patreon.com slash nerdalogs to donate today. And go to www.nerdalogs.com for more cool stuff. Thanks for being awesome. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am GrabBot23548X. I do my hair toss, check my nails. Baby, how you feeling? Hair toss, check my nails. Baby, how you feeling? Take a deep breath.